The Artist Talk Series is presented to you by Pulpo Gallery. Visit pulpogallery.com to learn more. I'm Haga Krutzler from Pulpo Gallery. I'm curator and gallery manager at Pulpo. And we are really happy to have your upcoming show at our space in Murnau. It's opening very soon. And today I have the opportunity to talk to Durivka. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you. Nice to be here. It's really nice. So um, we are really excited. We will have a show with you, a retrospective. So many works from all around your career. And in preparation, we were reading um, so many texts of yours and articles about your work. And one thing just captured my mind. Um, one of the articles quoted that you were painting a mural over your crib at the age of one. <laughs> so I yes, guess it's, was. <laughs> I guess it started really early on with your artist career. Was it something that you wanted to do from the beginning on, or did you have an other dream? As a child. I think my sister and my my older sister inspired me. I don't know if she realized I was going to get in trouble or not. <laughs> but I had the crayons and I was very involved. I looked at it afterwards and it looked kind of like scribble scrabble. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, well, it doesn't look quite as good as I thought. And uh, but I was pleased, you know. My <laughs> mom came in and saw it and she of course threw a fit, you know. <laughs> She didn't get angry that often, but she did at that moment. But anyway, it didn't discourage me from my further explorations. <laughs> That's nice. So was it something, was it a career that you wanted to go further into as a child, as a, as a young adult as well? Well, and people talk about careers in art, yeah. and I respect your use of that. Everybody does. I probably do too. Uh, although that has a, you know, kind of a... Um, planned mm -hmm. kind of significance to it you know career I you know I'm I'm an artist I've always been an artist I've always loved doing art from the time I was little and uh, as I matured which hopefully I did somewhat over the years I realized that that this was going to be what I was going to do yes. um, <clears throat> excuse me actually you know uh, people didn't in, in the 60s, when I came of 21, uh, you really didn't have to be so careful, at least I felt I didn't have to be so careful mm -hmm. about planning for making a living and so forth. I was just certain that I could do anything I wanted to do. I had to, I really was involved in, you know, finding out everything I could about art and doing as much painting as I possibly could and going mm -hmm. to the most you know, serious venues that I could learn from. And, <clears throat> and also there's something else very curious about that time that made this possible. And that is uh, rent. <laughs> rent in New York, you could get a Lower East Side apartment, which was well known by sort of by the beatniks and by the hippies and uh, the jazz musicians and artists that you could get a, an apartment for you know, a very um, low rent, yeah. $45, $12. And we really, our demands weren't much. 
Mm -hmm. You can manage to scare up the rent that you're going to be okay. And, you know, we did that. So I was able to really pursue this. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents were always in the background in case I needed them. <laughs> but, um, you know, for, for a good while, I was able to kind of get by without really thinking about that too much. And mm -hmm. I think that really facilitates, yeah. uh, you know, just that really facilitates a seriousness in a, in a young artist that we're mm -hmm. not quite away so much as they are today. You know, they have yes. to pay their bills, they have to pay the high rent, they have to pay their student loans and gone and on and on. And kind of a shame that, you know, reality strikes, you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And also this division between living and the studio life. So I guess in today's world, it's most of the time the same space. So for I'd like to live, I'd like to live with my art. I, at yeah. times I've had um, studios separately. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, my choice is to live with my art as if, if I possibly can. That's my best. Mm -hmm. So even at home, are your works hanging on the walls, or is it yeah, more? They're behind, yeah, they're behind me here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, they're behind me. As you you caught me at three a.m. one time. So <laughs> I, like, I like staying in here, sleeping in here with my paintings, and then if I get up, it's not a problem. Of course, I don't have a regular job now, so I, it's not a problem. I can get up. I'm looking at my art. I'm thinking. I'm wondering about it, <laughs> and. Um, so, deciding if I want to change something um, or getting a new idea or inspiration. Mm -hmm. And that can happen at any time. I like being able to go around the clock. Nice. That's yeah. uh, something I can relate to really well. <laughs> and Are you a painter? No, no, but I, I'm also up on different times and, and just oh, yeah. start writing or doing something. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's great. That's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and because you're surrounded by your art, do you work on multiple paintings at the same time? Or do you have like one work in front of you and just focus on that one? How is this process for you? Okay. Well, I've been at this for quite a while now. <laughs> My birthday is going to be September 25th, in case you want to buy me a birthday present. <laughs> But, um, I'll be 76. Okay. So um, I've been doing this most of my life. And at times that I've, uh, you know, had a really large space and, you know, I had a physical means to work on a number of works. I, no, even without a large space, uh, many years, there were years where I worked on a lot of things at once. Mm -hmm. It depends on the logistics. Yes. Um, those small silver or gray paintings I had, I lived on the Lowy side at that time. The one with the artist kind of Uh, chasing after that little red image, yes. you know that one? Oh, I love that. Um, I had, I was living on Lower East Side uh, at the time and in an apartment and I had the paintings all splayed out in my room, you know, <laughs> in my bed over here or my couch over here and that paintings here. And um, so I would work on, a, you know, half a dozen of them at once going back and forth. And um, Other times I've worked on a number of pieces at once. You know, you kind of bring one up and then you realize that you want to bring the other one up to that standard. Yeah. And that's that's terrific. Uh, at the moment, I'm mostly working on one at a time. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a real uh, one at a time person right now. 
and that is like this one that's behind me over here. Mm -hmm. I'll get up. I'm not in great physical shape right now. I feel like I am. When I'm sitting down, I'm great. I feel like <laughs> I can conquer the world. And so I try to get up and realize that I'm like a 90-year-old witch. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God. But, um, but I do actually make it up to paint. And, and I, I want to, you know, I want to get that on. I want, I want to get the entire inspiration. I plan a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, they look like they're really spontaneous, but a lot of planning actually goes into it. And so planning um, the drawing I want to do and, um, and probably the colors I want to use, I get all the colors out first. Nice. And uh, I do the background first. Because mm -hmm. I don't want my uh, drawing to, um, to hinder my colors and <laughs> my background. <laughs> I do the background first, and then I'm going to come and in and usually the same day do the drawing. And I, hopefully, I get it out before nightfall. And I get it up on, uh, you know, I get it up on Instagram or Facebook. So it just makes me feel so complete. You know, a chance I might change it later. You know, so sometimes mm -hmm. people will be come totally freaked out if they see it later and they think, "Oh, you changed it." But mostly, <laughs> mostly I don't that much. So I, I like a one day process. Um, you know, I, for a while, probably this is more of an answer than you wanted, but. No, 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 go on. For a while I was teaching college and uh, they had me teaching Golden Age of Athens where why I had to learn all about uh, Golden Age of Athens. And um, I learned that the plays mm -hmm. uh, were, frequently written about the action of one day. Mm -hmm. and although when I go back and look at them, I think this is not one day, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, you know, there's, it starts in morning, evening, you know, uh, morning, afternoon, evening. And so it's supposed to be one day and that this whole tragedy unfurls in one day. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that <laughs> bears out or not now that I think about it, but I, I like that idea, mm -hmm. you know, aligning it to the day. Yes, and, and that kind of uh, that kind of uh, cosmic rhythm of the day, you know. I just wanted to say it has this feeling of a rhythm of something that you you can like really get into and focus more on, on the creativity and the inspiration behind it. So, yeah, and, and, and I think it helps. You know, I've never been a person to sit there. No, I, maybe at times I have been, but I'm certainly not now. Mm -hmm. A person to sit there. I know a lot of artists do that. They'll do a little something. I don't want to criticize them. Different people work different ways, but I don't. Mm -hmm. And then they'll sit and then they'll look at it. So I, I don't do that, you know. I get my inspiration and I do what I have to do. Mm -hmm. I, I don't sit there and torment myself over it. Mm -hmm. And of course, being in you know terrible physical condition, I'm really in a hurry to get this done before it collapse. So don't get, get, get this done. Let's do it. Come on, do it before my back collapses. But that's really terrific, you know. As long as you can sit, yeah, maybe maybe it helps as well. So reality nipping at my heels, you know. <laughs> and do you work with sketches? So do you do sketches before starting the process or not? Well, we're talking about me now at this moment, and and because the processes have changed yeah. over the years. If you had caught me, you know, a different time, it would be different. Um, I'll describe a few, mm -hmm. a few different, uh, a different different periods. Those, uh, when we jump back to the plywood paintings, mm -hmm. there would have been no sketches. Mm -hmm. That was a really uh, deciding 
one uh, one area that I was going to paint and then I'd place another point and connect them and another point and connect them. So that would be from one, moving from one place to another and allowing that to unfurl. Um, later on, I might have been working on, um, oh, oh uh, the, the more figurative period. Yeah. I would do many, many hundreds and thousands of drawings onto acetate. This is, I should have been inventing, I should have invented Photoshop because I had Photoshop, I invented Photoshop in front of me. Um, <laughs> so I had all these acetates and then I would stack them in different ways or they stack themselves as the kind of mess mm -hmm. added to itself. And, um, and, and so I, I would use those drawings to build up mm -hmm. uh, either another drawing or like for example, that piece that with the, uh, I'll use this, this is an example, that piece with the girl kind of jumping up and down and, and she finally catches or does, can't quite catch the piece of paint or mm -hmm. the color or the inspiration or whatever that is. Yes. Um, I'm able to take my drawing, my acetates and move them this way and that to get the design. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, also, all the different um, poses or, uh, that she's in get from stacking that same drawing on top of each other and being able to, you know, okay, I'm gonna move the knee over mm -hmm. here. And it's amazing the way that works out terrifically. Really um, much the way that uh, the uh, Greek sculptors mm -hmm. would have, remember they, they would have the, a piece of a arms hung up over here and legs hung, hung over here and legs. You can see that on some of the vases that they actually have a record of that so that they can reuse it and kind of change it and shift it. And of course they're so fine, you would never guess that, but that's what was going on there. So that was a, a kind of a very interesting form of drawing. Um, other times, I, I distinctly did not have any drawing beforehand. And I was very concentrating on letting my line or shape come from the last uh, mark that I put down. So a lot of those more geometric pieces, the smaller geometric pieces from a few years ago were about that. I didn't know what was gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And um, I just concentrated on where that movement was going next, which requires incredible concentration. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, at some point I got into the uh, kind of Mobius and then I, I did do, I admit to drawing out somewhat beforehand because it's very complicated to make a Mobius actually work in a painting flat, you know, make it actually work. So there was some planning. Now, at this moment, I do, you know, I, I uh, do a lot of drawing in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. I love Photoshop. Um, my own drawings mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, using my drawings and then stacking them up on top of each other. I love layering, mm -hmm. which these things have a, you know, I'll, I'll do some drawings. I, I may distort them, even the original drawing with perspective or whatever I do. And then um, I might try putting them on layers and stacking them up and merging them. Mm -hmm. and these, these new ones are about negative spaces. I'm, I'm, um, I'm 
kind of uh, extracting mm -hmm. spaces from drawings or paintings or any anything really extracting the negative spaces shapes mm -hmm. and uh, transforming them into the positive mm -hmm. and then I'm stacking them up on top of each other so it's kind of like um I'm going to compare I'm, I'm sure this is I'm sure any physicist would drop dead if you heard me say <laughs> but it's it's kind of like a muon a muon particle which is supposed mm -hmm. to be negative negative mm -hmm. particle so I'm taking the negative particles and and merging them Mm -hmm. and on top of each other. So it probably, if this happened in nature, some kind of explosion would happen. But I'm having a heck of a time, you know, making kind of new shapes out of something that's very ephemeral. Yeah. And I'm very involved also in taking the ephemeral and giving it a place, making mm -hmm. it real, as real as I can. Yeah. It's actually really interesting because one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is what gives you inspiration? And you just kind of uh, gave an answer, but could you answer it in general? Or is it is it always something different? Or where well, do you I go think, for inspiration? You know, think about it. You know, when, you, when your mind sort of meanders, you know, in those lonely moments, it is the ephemeral that we <laughs> alight upon that, you know, we'll, we'll never really write down what that glance looked like or what that moment looked like or what that light looked like or this strange, unusual thing that happened. But um, one thing, you know, when I was doing a lot of videos, I mean, somebody wrote something about that my videos were made by somebody else. It's like, whoa, hold on. I mean, I didn't collaborate on some of them. It's true. <laughs> But I really work hard on those. It, you should, an artist should never admit, admit to be working hard. And that's an insult to, to tell an artist. It looks like you've been working really hard. So that's kind of, you know, um, actually I've been enjoying working. But especially in some of the earlier videos, you can see the, the movement, you know, that I'm, I, I'm getting involved in having, uh, like, for example, cut out forms. Mm -hmm. Just moving with them in front of, uh, in in front of, um, not in front of Photoshop, in front of photo booth. Just moving with them and capturing that movement, um, and and of that I found it really intriguing. Um, and um, later on, I'm realizing, gee, there's so many aspects of this that I really love. Then I started getting into capturing. Mm -hmm individual ones for you know for for maybe a photograph but uh something else is like you could really take one of these paintings if you could just grab the shape of it and just kind of move it around like that and that gets involved in topology mm -hmm. right and and the and the change and morphing of a form as you kind of go on and that's kind of the difference between you know what happens if painters often used to paint in sequence or paint, you know, going back to Renaissance, you know, painting a number of uh, images at once so that you could get the entire idea, like Giotto or Piero's. Mm -hmm. you know, they have this, this iconography that, you know, you're going to see, well, this happened and then this happened and then this happened, but it's, they managed to get it all in a one painting. Sort of so uh, then, you know, much later on, along comes film, you know, movie. <laughs> And uh, of course, um, Walter Benjamin, 
probably more excited about that, just thinking, hey, this is if this is next, that we have movement happening here. Um, of course, you know, all the artists didn't jump on board with that. And it's pretty amazing mm-hmm. that painting has stayed around. So there must be something to it. There's <laughs> something way down deep in there that painters don't want to let go of, you know, from the first caveman on. You know, so <laughs> that they still want to paint. Hey, these people still want to paint. And we have movies and we have video and we have internet. But people still want to paint. So <laughs> that's uh, pretty incredible right there. How did I get involved in that? Anyway, so uh, inspiration. Yes, I, I like I like pinning down the ephemeral mm-hmm. and keeping it as something that I can communicate. I, you know, and when I'm completely gone, that there'll be this ephemeral moment that will still stay there. Mm-hmm. Amazing. It's an amazing term. And actually, I just I just love that you said uh, what you said about painting itself because it's so interesting because it's so much going on and. Even for you, it's so nice to see how you are on Instagram, on Facebook, and still um, use those medias to to communicate with with everyone else about your painting. So you didn't change to something, but but still, it's it's about painting, and you can see it's still there, and people want to see it, and they want to have it, and it's something that's hopefully never going to go away. So it's, it's a nice yeah. uh, nice yeah. stuff for sure. And actually, one thing I wanted to ask about your process itself while you're painting? Are you listening to something while you're painting? Is music, uh, does, does it have? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, this is great because like, especially in the last couple of years, I, I've, I've often liked to listen to music while I was, you know, my favorite music while I was painting. Um, you know, how direct an inspiration. But, you know, the last few years, Alex, who's my husband, mm-hmm. is, uh, he just, is so great at well he or a dj or a sound artist mm-hmm. that he he assembles these great um sets for me to listen to and and he's play often he'll be here you know cooking or doing something and and making this incredible these incredible sets of music and all kinds you know there's jazz there's classical there's there's all kinds of um music that i'm listening to uh, And, 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 and there are great combinations too. And, and I find without really planning it, when, when a really good set comes on, I'm over there painting. And I'm painting <laughs> the whole thing to that. I, and I, I was thinking I should really write down this, some of these uh, great, great uh, compositions that he's putting up while I'm working. And then, you know, the way they connect to each other. So mm-hmm. yeah. Totally. Nice, it's really nice to hear. Well, it's really cool. Um, one question, and don't know if, if you, can answer it just so, but do you remember the best advice that you ever heard and also the worst that ever been given to you? I've never been, I'm, I'm kind of independent. I, mm-hmm. You know, when, um, good advice I've gotten, I have gotten actually lots of good advice. Uh, oh yeah, Richard Mock was probably a genius. You see his works around still. Uh, he, he, you know, will always just say, yes, go with it, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, just go. And that was, um, you know, to learn to how to say yes to myself. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, Esteban Vicente would go, oh, yeah, my teacher would say, no, 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 don't do that. He didn't like me using the brushwork in a certain way or, uh, yeah, in, in terms of um, the palette. 
didn't want me to mix colors on, mm -hmm. some people mix colors actually on the canvas. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Milton Resnick would, you know, say, if he saw me doing something that was not very still lifey and, you know, kind of slavishly copying an image, he said, you know, you can do that anytime. <laughs> so, but he wanted you to dig deeper. Mm -hmm. and that was uh, very, very good. So there are lots of things I think in, of course, Mercedes Matter was a great uh, drawing teacher <laughs> and you know, really demanding that you really look and look and look and look and find the concavity in the space. Yeah. So um, plenty of good advice there. Bad advice, bad advice. I had some bad advice, but I probably wouldn't listen to it. I, I give a lot of advice a shot. Mm -hmm. When I was in studio school, uh, it was an incredible school, and we had all the older abstract expressionists coming around and looking at us, including de Kooning. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you mention names to make them look bad, somebody would give me some bad advice, which mm -hmm. I, thought I didn't really trust, but I thought, you know, I'll give everything a shot. I'll try it out. And some yeah. things would work, and something didn't feel right, and then that was fine. Just learn from it. That's true. Yeah, really nice. Um, do you have a favorite place to go to? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm actually living almost on top of my favorite place as it is. <laughs> um, I, I love the, I love the the Hudson down here in Tribeca, and it used to be art on the beach there. Now they've kind of formalized it somewhat but there are piers down here. And uh, I just love going, being out there mm -hmm. on, on the waterfront. And I tended to live around the waterfront, even on the, when I lived on the east side, when I lived in East Chinatown, I was at the, um, the waterfront of the, of the mm -hmm. East River. Yeah, and I've had the view of the, that uh, Manhattan Bridge for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then moved back here, which is directly east-west directly. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I guess that is my favorite place is the watching the sunset uh, down on the beach here. It's not really, I call it the beach now. <laughs> yeah, it's very kind of San Francisco-ish. Yeah. So um, people seem to come down here a lot too. I notice that they come down here to cut loose a lot at night, unfortunately. Mm. But, <laughs> but um, no, I, I, I like New York. I, I've traveled a lot. I hitchhiked all over Europe when I was a kid. You know, so yeah. That's actually yeah. I, I really just thought, you know, you can't really be an, a, a serious artist until you see all this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I did. I'm now looking back at it. My heart is in my mouth when I think of some of the situations I innocently like, got myself into. But, but uh, I'm still here, you know. And, um, but, I, you know, so that was really great. And there were some wonderful places, you know, that I... I remember, I remember being on the, waking up on the, in Southern Spain on the beach, sleeping, sleeping on the beach there mm -hmm. in Southern Spain. And, you know, it was so cold at night and watching the sun pouring up through the river, further through the ocean and, and kind of, that would be the only warm place. So you'd have to go down and get warm in the water as the sun oh, is coming up. Cool. That was pretty magical. Um, things, you know, kind of gorgeous things like that. Of course, you know, uh, uh, Greece was kind of unbeatable. I'm getting up there at the Parthenon and seeing mm -hmm. 
person is kind of mind bending. Oh wow! Uh, but I, you know, as as a, as far as places I see, you know, New York is for me. Home. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And how is it to see how New York actually? changed i mean oh so God. much happened so how is it for someone who's been there all the time oh it's changed over the years tremendous over the years just tremendous um good bad and indifferent of course just in the last year or so it was yeah. probably a um a saga in itself you know all the changes uh yeah like right now I, practically unrecognizable i don't still don't go out that much because i'm still not trusting of letting go of all this problem um but you know you could see so much on the internet <laughs> that i'm sp I spoil myself i feel like i've been doing everything but i'm really not <laughs> yeah, for sure. so it's changed you know a number of the stores are closed or a number of the people are gone People have left. I see a lot of people. I'm still here. I've been here through the entire pandemic. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I've been in New York City. and uh, But I noticed that quite a large number of people, or even my friends, I realized, oh, they're, they're gone. They're all gone. They left. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I did not do that. But so there's been a, a kind of a hiatus <laughs> of a lot of people out of here. Yeah. So mm -hmm. hundreds of, yeah, many people left the city. So that. So been to uh, see if they come back or not. One thing I really, I, I like that going back though, before this, you know, period, mm -hmm. I, I like that, um, I like that more and more people were involved in the art process and art exhibition, you know, when, when pop-up shows started happening. Of course, I'm involved in collab even before that yeah became more popular uh i like when you know artists seem to you know take take their exhibiting into their own hands yeah it was great that we had all the galleries and then there's sort of the blend of the lower east side galleries and yeah. people um so um i like that when artists started doing that more and mm -hmm. and the internet helped that you know the, yeah the internet helped that a lot uh, in terms of, yeah, in terms of people getting their work out and, um, mm -hmm. you know, getting, getting, get, getting uh, people to come see exhibitions here and there, you know, that you didn't have to send out these enormous mailings anymore. Not that anybody ever opened the thing anyway, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you post it up and just so many people would come and be happy to see each other. Uh, so that that I think was a really really good change. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I think at some point, you know, the retail rents and things started becoming prohibitive. Also, for even people who wanted to have, you know, a kind of just more average, uh, just simpler galleries, mm -hmm. it became really hard. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Sure. We will see how it goes. It's afterwards, um, but I think. The internet itself was a huge opportunity during the last year for everyone. So to, to still yeah. be present and, and show their work for sure. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think it's been good. And let's see if it actually takes over. <laughs> oh, Hopefully it will still be both. It will be both, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
Absolutely. Well, how is it for you to, to communicate with people, with the viewers actually of your works over Instagram, Facebook and co? Is it is it something that you have in mind while working or you just said that at the end of the day, you just post a picture of, of today's work? So is it something that you think about while you're working? So, okay, I have to finish or I will finish because I want to do your post or is it completely out of your mind when, when you're working? Well, I think as I go, I'm not really thinking about it as mm -hmm. I'm working. Although then toward the end of the day, when it looks like it's finished and the sun mm -hmm. is beginning to go down, I think I want to post this. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and I'm doing it for them essentially, or thinking of one person who won't like it or something. Mm -hmm. um, no, I don't, I don't know about that. The people tend to find you yeah. and present themselves who really like your work. I had more, especially Facebook. I went along for a long time, even after people thought it was unfashionable. I think there, there are more um, uh, of kind of art club or so uh, uh, of, that, are, that remain on Facebook because we sort of found each other. Mm -hmm. yes. you know, it's not it's this mass thing of people saying when their weddings are and so forth. No. It's the, you know, it, it tends to be a cluster. Um, but even Facebook or in Instagram, I think that more people knew about me than I realized as I started making, you know, the original Facebook friend thing, I don't know, mm -hmm. 5,000 friends, but people were looking, mm -hmm. uh, people I hadn't realized, you know, just from the magazines or the shows or the publicity you get over the years, yeah. that when people see your shows, you're not even in town and you have a show somewhere and all these people have seen it. So when you have more followers than you realize, um, that you wouldn't have known. You could be living a very lonely life and not knowing it. But um, so, so that that was really good to be able to have a continued presence, mm -hmm. you know? and also to be able to see other people's work more. You know, mm -hmm. I, I really discovered a lot of uh, uh, people that I I hadn't really known about or hadn't really followed over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And I mean, you have to feedback immediately. So it's also something oh, nice. Yes, that's right. Oh. <laughs> positive, usually positive, occasionally negative, but then I have to weigh it and decide. Nah. <laughs> no, I'm not looking at that. Um, oh, it's probably in the back of my mind somewhere. Mm. Negative barb. <laughs> not too much. But close the way, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, so. What's coming next for you? So, I mean, we have the exhibition. Oh, you know, we, have, we have Popo coming up. And, um, you know, I heard of a few other things in mm -hmm. something in LA, mm -hmm. but I don't really know too much about it. So, we'll see what happens with that. I think there's something in LA coming up, and I don't know. Nico's said something. Love to do for sure. <laughs> but let me get past this first. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a major retrospective. So, um, no, I think that's really great that assembly of work, the way that happened. And it's not that I stopped doing work in between or I haven't, you know, that somebody might think, oh, what happened to her now? But no, but there's just, uh, you know, I saved, I had to move so many times. Mm -hmm. um, I moved a lot of times really since, I don't know, since uh, about. 10 years ago that I just had to start moving and moving and moving and moving. And um, each time, you know, I would have to save work. So you could only save so many, or mm -hmm. I had some stuff away. And 
my mom's house in Long Island and then we had to sell that. And so the storage thing started becoming a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and um, of course, so many things you see, you just realize, I mean, I, I realized certain things were really good and really should be saved, but I had to thin it out, unfortunately, mm -hmm. which is really sad when I think of some of the things. But um, I had a couple of really good storage spaces, but the, you know, they, they get you in there. The first six months are free and so forth. And then gradually and you start getting these bills and it starts being a big headache and so forth. So yeah. I had a large number of works and I curated it, what I was gonna save, mm -hmm. you know, carefully. So knowing that, hey, this ultimately would make a good uh, group to show. So I, I was able to really think about that as I was saving it. And I think it was sort of better than just kind of willy-nilly saving everything. Yeah. And uh, of course, you know, Greg offered up his, uh, his he had a studio in Long Island City. He offered up an extra space there that I could store things in for free. And uh, as we were arranging some, one of the shows at the yard, and I thought, well, that's great. He said, don't worry. So I said, okay, sure, you know. <laughs> and uh, so that's how that started. But we had a really nice assembly of work. And I think from that, probably uh, between you and Greg and me, we were able to choose a very nice set uh, or oh, going over a, a lot of years too. Yeah. yeah, it's a great selection. It's going to be so nice to see them together uh, exhibited. Yeah. Yeah. So look forward to that. Absolutely. Thank you very much for this talk. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to, to see the show. And we will go through it together as well. So there is one more video coming up soon. Um, thank you and have a nice day. Okay, thank you and uh, thank Thank everybody over there who's who's putting the show up. Thank Nico and Katharina and thank you and anyone else who's involved and thank you, Greg. Um, for, and thanks, Alex, for the music. <laughs> the Artist Talk series was presented to you by Pulpo Gallery. Thank you for listening. <laughs>